Good morning. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. I want to thank you all for being here today, especially our guests who are with us, whether you're here with us in person or watching online or listening to our podcast. We're just grateful for you carving out some time to spend with us. Uh, hope you all enjoy that extra hour of sleep. That was awesome. I think it gives me an extra hour to talk today, right? So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, but uh, I am excited to be here and I hope we're all energized and rested and uh, ready to dive into Scripture uh, as Kevin said and Cole, uh, we're super excited about starting our new series, Why We Give, and uh, so excited to have you here today to kick that off. Before we jump in, though, just want to lift up um, the folks in New York City uh, from that terrible um, terrorist attack on Halloween uh, with that driver who uh, killed so many people. Uh, our hearts are just with them, and just ask special prayers for the city, especially the families and those who are affected by that. Uh, that we just pray that we would continue as, as followers of Jesus uh, to be peacemakers uh, and to help our world uh, see what peace can look like. So uh, let me just invite you now to join me in a moment of silent prayer as we remember uh, those victims um, in New York City and also just to prepare our hearts for God's word today that I would deliver God's message, uh, that we would hear it and allow God's story to become part of our story. So let's pray together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to show you a picture here of a man who got a tattoo uh, on his arm. And he is a Seattle Seahawks football fan. And if you look carefully, it says Super Bowl champs, Super Bowl 48 and Super Bowl 49. Now, if you are a fan of football, fan of Super Bowls, you'll know that the Seattle Seahawks did indeed win Super Bowl 48 but they did not win Super Bowl 49. So he got this tattoo somewhere between those two Super Bowls and was very optimistic that his team would win that. And if you're like me, you see somebody do that and you think, what are you doing? Right? You know, why are you inking yourself up for something that may or may not happen that's going to be on you permanently for the rest of your life? Or maybe uh, another question would be, uh, why are you tattooing yourself with a football team when you're not a player on that team, uh, you're not related to anyone that plays on that team, you don't own the team, you don't have anything officially to do with the team other than the fact that you like them. So what would possess someone to do that? I think that the answer is that he, like all of us, have somewhere down deep in us, part of our human nature, part of what we've been created to do, an urge to be a part of something bigger than who we are. And that urge can be pursued in many different ways. For some of us, it is identifying with a sports team or a fan base, whether that's a college-based team or professional-based team. We like to root for them. And when, when our team wins, then we feel like winners, even though we didn't take a single snap on the field or make a single shot. But that when they win, then we are part of something bigger because we like them and we wear their colors. Now, likewise, when they lose, then we feel like losers, even though we didn't play anything on the, on the court or on the field. And it we affects us emotionally. After some, some of our home losses here in Charlotte to the Panthers losing, some people don't go to work the next day because they're so upset that the football team that they don't play on lost. And so 
we get sucked in to want to be a part of something bigger than who we are. Some of us pursue that in other, other ways. We get involved in the arts in our community, or we join the band at school, or uh, we, we try to associate ourselves with politicians or political parties and we think, you know, I really believe in what this person's saying and I want to get behind them because they do have a vision for making uh, things better in our city or our state or our, our nation. And so we, we get behind them and some of us follow celebrities, even though they don't know who we are and wouldn't know us if they saw us on the street, but they're larger than life. And so we follow them on their social media and we we talk about them using their first names as if they're our best friends. And, and so we want to be a part of something bigger than who we are. And, and I think that can be a good thing. You know, when we join in with organizations or people who are, are just doing fabulous things and, and changing our nation or our city or our state. And, and sometimes I think we can, we can waste our time. We can follow people who aren't really worth following. Or we could get involved in things that aren't really helping society. And, and so as we think about being a part of something bigger than who we are, where does that resonate in our own individual lives? And it doesn't have to be something huge and glamorous. It, it can be something small. I mean, how many of us have seen uh, stickers from uh, the Apple Corporation on people's car windows or on their bumpers, right? Or, or Yeti stickers, right? Those really cool cups and coolers that, that they make now. You know, a lot of people put Yeti stickers on their cars. And, you know, if you think about that, why does somebody put a Yeti sticker on their car if they don't own the company, if they don't own stock in that? I mean, why are we doing that to say, hey, I bought a really cool cup, and I want the whole world to know. Wow, I bought a really cool cooler, and it keeps my drinks cold. I want the world to know that I'm a Yeti Nation follower. Right? I mean, that's, what, that's in essence what we're saying, isn't it? Right? So it makes sense if you own the company. It makes sense if you own stock in the company. But, but we're not putting those stickers on our cars because we want people to think that we have great taste in buying cups or coolers. We want to be a part of something bigger because that's the popular thing right now. Oh, everybody's got a Yeti. You know, anybody who's anybody knows you have to have a Yeti. So I want everybody to think that I'm in this big group. And, and, and man, that's awesome. And, and I, I own a Yeti personally. So I've got I to gotta get that out there. And I'm not attacking Yeti. I think Yeti smart people. You have a great product. You can charge a premium for that. We'll pay that premium. And not only that, uh, we'll pay for you to give us a cup that comes with a sticker and we'll give you free advertising when we drive around the cities. I mean, that, that's genius. But I think we want to be a part of something bigger than what we are, right? And so even if it's being with the current fad of the time. And so as you think about your resources and, and your time and your talents and abilities and your money, I mean, what is it that you get behind, that you support, that you're all in for, that you want to be a part of something bigger and make a difference in the world? Some are great and some less so. Well, I want to jump in today into the Bible to see what we might be able to learn uh, from that. And so if, if you brought them with you today, just would invite you to turn in the New Testament uh, to the book of Acts. It's the fourth, actually the fifth book uh, in, the, in the New Testament. Uh, Acts is the story of the early church. So the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are about the life of Jesus. 
and so Acts is written by a man named Luke who wrote the gospel about Jesus. It's called Luke, and he wrote Acts, and originally it was one big book that he wrote. Uh, when we put the Bible together, we sandwiched the gospel of John in there. And so, long story short, we're going to hear today uh, from Luke. And so Luke is writing to us about after Jesus has died, He's been resurrected. He's, he's come back to life. He's appeared to his disciples. He, he's given them instructions to go out and to make disciples of all nations, to go out and share the love of God with everyone that they can meet and, and, to, and to tell people the good news of Jesus, to come follow Jesus. And so he's done that. And now Jesus has just ascended into heaven. Right? He's gone back into heaven. It's kind of like LeBron James, the basketball player, right? when he jumps, right? Jesus just keeps going. Right? So Jesus has gone up into heaven. Uh, and then his disciple, Peter, who's been the leader of the, the, twain, the 12 main disciples, has just given like this really great, awesome sermon, this great teaching. Thousands of people had been gathered around. Uh, and so Luke's going to tell us, what happens after Jesus, right? Ere Jesus is gone, Peter is preached, uh, and this is what happens. Those who accepted Peter's message were baptized, right? Baptism is a symbol of giving our lives to Christ. The water symbolizes Jesus washing us free of all of our wrongdoing, our guilt, and our shame to give us a new life, right? So, so they were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the number that day, right? So the, the church just, boom, explodes with 3,000 people who've been moved to want to follow Jesus, this man who has died and come back to life to give us a relationship with God. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, right? The apostles, these are the disciples of Jesus who spent time with him. And to fellowship, right? Hanging out together, just spending time together. To the breaking of bread, they, they ate together. And to prayer, talking and listening to God. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. They were healing people who were sick. They were bringing dead people back to life. They were, they were it. It was going on here. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, the places of worship. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So the early church is coming together and thousands of people are, are starting to come and hear this message about Jesus and, and, and they're wanting to follow him. And, and, and so what they start doing is, is they're worshiping together. They're hanging out in fellowship together. They are eating and, and they're praying together. They're doing miracles together. And then there's this passage that says they're even getting all their money together and they're selling stuff and they're pooling it and they're using that to help people who are in need. Now, some of you might be sitting there thinking, well, preacher, that sounds a lot like communism to me. And at the very least, that's got to be socialism. I know you're not saying that our church needs to be communist or socialist, do you? I'm glad you asked. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> because if you notice in this, the government's not involved at all. The government is not saying you have to do this. You need to do this. This is what people who follow Jesus feel led to do. We have been given much, and we can pull that together, and we can use that to help people come to know God. We can help them be fed. We can help them if they are sick, right? And so what's happening here, 
What's exploding and exciting is that the early disciples and those around them are wanting to get in on something bigger than themselves. And they're seeing that the movement of Jesus is powerful, that this is a man, this is God worth following. This is someone who died and came back to life and was seen again. This is someone who's empowered his disciples to help other people and to change their city and their community and their nation and to change the entire world. And so the disciples take to heart what Jesus told them to do, to go out and make other disciples, and it worked And the Holy Spirit was with them. And they went from thousands to ten thousands to hundred thousands to millions to billions of people. Because this group, this ragtag group of people believed that with the power of the Holy Spirit, they could be a part of something bigger than themselves. And they sold out to it and they gave to it and they changed the world. And so what I think we learn in Scripture, brothers and sisters is the reason that we give to God is, that beca- is because we can become part of something bigger than ourselves. We give to God because we can become part of something bigger than ourselves. And we give to God in, in three ways. Right? We give God our time, we give God our talents, our abilities, and we give to God our treasure, our financial resources that we've been blessed with. And when we come together and we pool our resources, our time, our abilities, our talents, and our treasure, we can change the world. So let me show you what that looks like in everyday life here in South Park in Charlotte, North Carolina, and, and what God is doing through this congregation, through your generosity of your time, your talents, and your treasure. Right? So one thing that we can start with is what we're doing right now is, is we're worshiping God together. We, we're coming in a movie theater in the heart of South Park. This is an amazing shopping and business district. And, and we're praising God uh, in a movie theater. Right? And it's just it's incredibly cool that we are able to do this. It's the biggest thing that we do every week, week in, week out. And we come together and we, we hear the word of God. Our children are, are just down the hallway and they're out in the lobby and they're in another theater. And, and, and we're teaching them in creative and fun ways about following Jesus. Because we want this generation that we're raising up, like when they're surveyed in the future, you know, you know do you have a religious preference? Do you believe in God? Do you follow? That they're going to say, we follow Jesus. Because for the first time in our nation's history right now, the number one answer to that question is, I don't have any religious connection. I don't have any spiritual connection, right? So, so we're here every day trying to help people come into a connection with God. We're drinking coffee together and, and, and we're fellowshipping. We're saying, how was your week? And hey, I missed you last week. Is everything okay? And so we're doing some pretty big things here and, and we're making room for other people in our community to come and learn about God and what that means to follow Jesus. And it takes a lot of work to do this. Right? I'm just amazed, and I just it's so awesome for me to see the behind-the-scenes effort that goes into this. We've got people here from 7 in the morning setting up, and then after we finish up with, with our worship here in our second service, they're back, and they're, and they're taking stuff down. We're setting up lights. We've got microphones going. We've got projection. You know, we've got people out in the lobby with coffee and curtains and, and all of our children's area. We, we've got people putting down things on the carpet of, of the theater so that our kids are on, you know, on clean stuff when the babies are crying around and all that kind of stuff. We got people who are singing and playing instruments and it's a beautiful thing, right? And it takes 
a bunch of us to pull that off. And like, you know, I was just looking at the setup team this morning and I come in and I see like, we've got a family uh, of parents and their teenagers coming and they're serving together and they're bonding together. And that's just amazing. Like teenagers are willing to get up and come to church and, and do that. That's cool. And we've got people in their 80s, right, who are putting down literally flooring out in the lobby so that our infants and toddlers can crawl around uh, as, as, as we take care of them uh, so their parents can be in here uh, and worship and, and, and they can be shared the love of God with, right? So thank you. Thank you all for doing what we're doing. We couldn't do this without you. And it's just, it's awesome. And as we think about, you know, in two weeks, we're going to make a commitment to God to, to let God know how we're going to serve God in the church in 2018. We, we need some more people for Sunday morning to help with our students and our children and, and our worship ministries and our setup and our takedown. Because, you know, we want to we wanna share this, this awesomeness. And so we can have more rotations. And it's, it's just it's a beautiful thing that I invite you to think and to pray about. Other cool ways that I see us coming together uh, to be a part of something bigger than who we are. You know, we've had a lot of natural disasters this year and, you know, hurricanes and floods and fires and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, if you're like me, when you're watching television, our hearts go out to people. But at, at some point, we just get fatigued by that. And we're like, it's just so much. When's it going to stop? And what can I do about it? I just, you know, I'm just one person. And, you know, this is heartbreaking. But how can I fix this? How can I do anything about it? I mean, just, it gets to the point that you feel paralyzed. Right? And that's when, the, when our community outreach uh, ministry team in our church, our United Methodist Women, they got together and like, you know, we want to make a difference. Right? And, and we know that the, the United Methodist Church, our denomination, is, is putting together flood buckets. And you go buy these buckets at Lowe's and you go buy about $60, $70 worth of stuff that's like toiletries and, and stuff that people need. And, and we can ship them down there. And so, you know, a bunch of us, you know, got together and you all took the buckets home. You filled them up. You brought them back. And we took all of our buckets and we went over and took them to Providence United Methodist Church. They put it on a truck. They took those to Florida. They took those to Texas. Right? And so all of a sudden we've got thousands of churches sending thousands of buckets to help people in Florida and in Texas who just recently lost everything that they had. I mean, could you imagine going to your house after the flood and, and all that you have is either full of mold or has been washed away or is caked in mud and it's all ruined. All of our pictures, all of our computer discs, you know, all the stuff that we have, you know, heirlooms, just our furniture, our cars. Most people didn't have flood insurance and now we have nothing. We're like, how am I ever going to make it? And someone comes and, and brings modest bucket, but hey, I need a toothbrush. Hey, I need deodorant. Hey, here's a note that says someone's praying for me, right? We're making a difference in a way that we can't do on our own. This Sunday, right now, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, we've got a group from our church uh, who's traveled to New Story Church. It's one of our sister United Methodist churches in North Carolina. Uh, it's a powerful church. It's a new church. It's just a few years old, and, and they're growing like crazy, and they, God is using them to reach people who are living in, in utter poverty and who are battling addictions to alcohol and drugs. And, and, and God, is just, they, it's, God has grown them into three campuses, right? It's just it's incredible. And the thing is, they don't have any money. Because right? all the people that, that they're reaching don't have money. And so other churches like us get to support them and, and to help the word of God spread in their community. And so we've sent a group there. 
uh, and we're going to uh, do a meal packing event with New Story Church after they have worship, just like, like we're having right now. Uh, they're going to pack 15,000 meals together, the New Story folks and the Sharon folks, and they're going to just have an awesome time, going to send those meals overseas, going to let people know that Jesus loves them. Uh, and when we pack our 15,000th meal today, that's going to be 100,000 meals that we've done as a congregation this year, all right, because of your generosity. And we've joined together with five other churches. We've joined together with Charlotte One, which is a, is a Christian ministry for young uh, people in their 20s and 30s in the city of Charlotte. And we will have packed 100,000 meals to send overseas. And uh, you all paid for that. Uh, and you all help get in those lines, those assembly lines to send those meals. And when those meals arrive, uh, they're going to arrive and feed people's stomachs, but also their hearts and their souls because they're going to hear the good news of Jesus. Together, brothers and sisters, we can be a part of something incredibly big. Together, we can help change our community. We can help change our world, right? We give to God because we can become part of something bigger than who we are. That's, that's the whole reason we're in this theater, right? Because God gave us a vision about four and a half years ago. This, we call it Dream Big South Park. And what we're doing is we're relaunching our church. We're a 50-year-old church. We're relaunching the church, right? We've served the Sharon community well. It's become the South Park community. And so we are now trying to serve the South Park community. We're even considering a name change, considering changing the church's name from Sharon to South Park. And so we're in the process of praying about that. A big part of what we're doing is we're rebuilding our campus, which is right across the street from the mall. It's less than a mile away from where we are right now. And what we're going to do early next year is we're going to go and we're going to raise the, the buildings and we're going to start the building process and we're going to build a mixed-use development where tens of thousands of people will come each week. And some of them are going to live there in apartments. And some are going to work there in, in businesses. Others are going to come and they're going to shop or they're going to go out to eat uh, or they're going to stay at the hotel that's going to be there. And right in the middle of all of that is going to be our church and God's vision is for us to be the crossroads, the spiritual crossroads of this community. And so our mission, our vision is to give Jesus to all those people who are there, to, to invite people to come and follow Jesus because we believe that Jesus is the difference in our lives. Right? This is the guy who came and he died for us and he was resurrected so that we could be in a right relationship with God, that we could be mending broken relationships in our lives and we can be a part of something bigger than who we are. And it's exciting. And we believe that it's biblical. There's a woman who went to the well one day to get water, right, an everyday activity. She didn't plan on meeting God, but she met Jesus there. And so that's, that's our vision is, is when people come to do everyday things, to go out to eat and to shop and to live or hang out at the hotel, whatever, right, we're going to be in the middle of that. And it's our job to establish relationships to say, man, we care about you and, and we want to help you and we want to help you know who this loving God is. And, and we couldn't do this on our own. It's like hundreds of millions of dollars of a project, and we couldn't do it by ourselves. The city of Charlotte can't do it by themselves. Our partner, Children's Clan Properties, couldn't do it by themselves, right? But we're part of something bigger. But what's really cool is the vision didn't come from the city. The vision didn't come from the developer. The vision came from God to us. We said, we want to change our community for Jesus Christ. And we get to be part of something that's so exciting that people from Las Vegas and Houston and Belgium, the country and Europe, they're dying to see. They come and they talk to us and they're asking us about it, right? God has given us a vision to be a part of something bigger than who we are. But it gets better than that, right? So hang on. 
If you still got your Bibles with you, I want to invite you now to turn to Matthew's Gospel. This is the first book in the New Testament. Uh, this is the story of Jesus, Jesus' life by an eyewitness. Matthew was one of his disciples. He was a tax collector, wasn't a very popular guy, but, but Jesus invited him to become part of his, his band there. And so Matthew's been with Jesus through the whole deal. And so this is what Matthew observed Jesus say. All right, so last time we were talking about Acts. We talked about Jesus doing the air Jesus up into heaven, right? Matthew's going to let us see what Jesus is talking about when he's going to come back down. Right, so he's gone up to heaven, he's going to come back. So Matthew's going to tell us what it's going to be like, and he's going to quote from Jesus himself what Jesus says when he talks about coming back. When the Son of Man, that means Jesus, comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. And I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When do we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Right? Jesus, thanks for the pat on the back. That's great. We did help some people out, but when do we see you, right? I, I don't remember doing that. If we'd seen you, we'd have helped you. Then the King Jesus will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Whatever you did for the least of these, brothers and sisters, you did for me. So, brothers and sisters, that amps us up to the next level. Not only can we be a part of something bigger than ourselves and change our community and our state and our nation and our world, but we can be in ministry to God himself. Jesus says, when you do this for someone else, you do it for me. So every one of those flood buckets that we packed and we sent to Texas and we sent to Florida, when that family who was just in desperation was glad to receive that and was opening that up, they weren't the only ones opening up. Jesus was opening it up. That's Jesus who was receiving that bucket that we sent to them. Those meals that we're packing today in Winston-Salem and we're going to be sending overseas that we've been sending 100,000 of them this year, right? When the families get those and, and they, they pour them in the boiling water, they stir it up and they get the food out and they pass it around to their children, you know, who are, who are starving and they receive the good news of Jesus. Like the ones who are eating that aren't just the, the people, it's Jesus. We're helping to feed Jesus Everybody who we're going to get to encounter on our new campus, right? When we put all those bricks there and, and we go meet people in coffee shops and clothing shops and restaurants and, and hotel and businesses and they're coming into our space to worship and we have a performing arts center and all that. Every person we come into contact with and we help is going to be us ministering to Jesus. Does it get any better than that? Does it get any bigger than that? Right? God is giving us this incredible opportunity to be a part of something bigger than who we are. We get to minister to God himself. Right? So as we think about that, right, what I invite you to go home and, and think about, right, the big idea is be part of something bigger. Right? Be a part of something bigger. 
Right? Be a part of something bigger. There's something within us that's created that we crave to be a part of something bigger. That's why we tattoo ourselves with football things. That's why we put stickers on our cars. That's why we follow politicians. Right? Be a part of something bigger than all of that. Right? Be a part of the ministry of God. Right? And specifically, that we give to God here with our time and our talents and our treasure. Right? And we give to God what God has given to us so that we can keep doing these things that I've been talking about and we can truly make a difference in the world. So specifically, as we think about giving our time and our talents, I want to ask you to consider doing three things. One of them you're already doing is spending time with us in worship every week. This is the biggest thing that we do. We worship God together. We learn together. We, we help our children learn together. Right? We take care of each other. We fellowship. We make room for our community to come. Right? Continue to come to worship. This is, this is a great way to spend our time together. The next thing is to become active in one of our small groups. We've got them for children, students, adults, right? This is the group that, that we, this is where we go deeper, right? I only have like, you know, 20, 25 minutes I can speak to you each week. This is, this is the group that goes deep. This is the group that, that knows what you're struggling with. This is the group that, that knows the celebrations in your life, right? This is, this is where we do life together and we celebrate and we struggle together. And, and this is a great place to invest, invest our time. And then the third thing would be to serve. Right? That God has given us talents and abilities. And, and, and if that's singing, if that's teaching, if that's setting up lights or putting down flooring, if it's going out and feeding hungry people, right, is to get connected in, in some of the ministries of our church are just super exciting to be a part of. And, that, and, and Kevin talked about the packet we can pick up out there in the lobby. And it, it outlines all the really cool ways that we can plug in. And I would add a bonus to this, right, as we're worshiping, as we're small grouping, as we're serving, that we invite people to join us. Right? And you got to come to my church. God is doing these awesome things. And, and you know, worship, you got to come. And you just, the Holy Spirit's moving when that band and, and singing there, and, and the Spirit is with us. And my children are coming and they're learning all about Jesus, right? right? Man, my small group makes all the difference in my life, right? If we're being touched by that, and, and hopefully you are because you're here today, you're coming back, right? It's a great thing to share with people. Right? Come help us feed the hungry. Come help us send buckets to flood victims. Right? And we can make a difference in the world. Right? So that's time and talent. And then treasure. Treasure would be generosity, that we give to God generously. Right? Another word in Scripture is sacrificially, that we give to God sacrificially. Right? There's a number in Scripture that tends to pop up a lot. 10% of our income is considered a lot of times in Bible generosity or sacrificial giving. Now, Jesus takes it to a new level sometimes when he tells people you should sell everything that you have and, and give it all to the church. Right? So, you know, so there's some extremes there, but in your own life, in my own life, what does it mean to be generous to God? What does it mean to be generous to God? That's between you and God. Right? Nobody knows how much you make. Right? Right? So that's between us and God, but it's to become part of something bigger than ourselves. So the other day, I heard from somebody in our church that they have a family member who is not a member of our congregation. Uh, and it's a retired couple, uh, the family members that are not members of our church. Uh, and uh, the husband, husband and wife, the husband is battling cancer. It's been a tough battle. Uh, tried you know, some of the radiation, some of that stuff. And so now uh, they think the last best hope for him uh, is stem cell infusion. And so he's getting ready to go through that. This is kind of like the last ditch effort other than a miraculous divine healing that, that he would have to have maybe 10 more years to live. 
and which he really wants to do. And his wife really wants that to happen. And the family and friends and all that, really want, they're believers in Christ. They follow Jesus, uh, just a good family, uh, just going through a lot of, a lot of stuff. And so uh, they don't have much financial means, uh, but they're, they're doing whatever they can to make this happen. And so as part of this process, uh, he's going to have to go in quarantine in the hospital for several weeks. And uh, his wife can come and be part of his caretaking there. And then he's going to be home and he's going to be quarantined there. And his wife's going to be the, the main caretaker there. And she's going to have to learn how to change his port and do all this stuff. And she's taking classes. And it's just, but you do what you got to do, right? Better, worse, sicker, poor, right? They're in this together. And so they're giving it their best shot. And uh, they've been trying to figure out, well, how are we going to spend that time when we're quarantined? You know, we can't see other people. They're not really TV people. Like, how are we going to spend our time? And I mean, he's going to need a lot of rest, but, you know, what's that going to be like? And, and to be a caregiver, you know, that really takes it out of her. And so, you know, how are they going to pass the time? What are they going to do? So they're big, big readers. And so they're hoping to spend a lot of time reading. And, uh, but here's the challenging part. Uh, they've got to be in like this completely sterile environment. And so that means that uh, all their books that they own, most of them are used books or they've had a lot of you know, books around like that. They, can't, they have to get rid of all those because there might be too many germs. Right? So they've got to get rid of their whole library. And again, they, they don't have financial means. And so I heard about this from our church member. And so I went to Pastor Nancy and we talked about it and we prayed about it. And this is what we decided to do. Uh, we have money that you all give graciously to us uh, in the church that we're able to help people with. Uh, and so, uh, Pastor Nancy and I, on your behalf, uh, we bought two Amazon Kindles for them to read with. Uh, we got them cases for the Amazon Kindles. We got them chargers for the Amazon Kindles because they nickel and dime you to death when you're buying stuff like that. I uh, got them an Amazon gift card uh, to get them started with their library. Uh, and we sent it to them and just said from the congregation, uh, Sharing United Methodist Church, uh, we understand what you're going through. We love you. We're praying for you. you know, we hope everything works out well. And we hope this will help you in the meantime. Uh, and so then uh, within a few days, I, I had a handwritten thank you note from the family just said, you know, we don't know your congregation, but thank you so much. You just don't know how much this means to us. This is a very hard and difficult time for us. We weren't sure how we we're going to get through not being able to read our books and just, you know, not sure how to do that. But, 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 but thank you. It gives us hope that there are people praying for us. It gives us hope that, that God is with us. And, and this is going to mean so much more to us than, than you can ever know. Right? And so then the family member, you know, hears about this, comes to thank us and says, you know what, Pastor? That's the biggest financial gift that they've ever received in their life. It's a few hundred dollars. Uh, biggest financial gift they've ever received in their life, but what's more important is you gave them hope and you let them know that they're not alone, and I want to thank you. So as your pastor, I just want to thank you for allowing me to do that. Right after our first service today, I had a woman come up to me and say, uh, Pastor Kyle, would it be okay uh, if I got them a subscription to Kindle Unlimited where they could read as many books as they want for the year? I said, absolutely, you can do that. Because that's who we are. That's why I love serving this church. Because you guys are awesome and you're rock stars. And we don't always agree on everything. Right? We, we don't always agree on Pastor Kyle's wardrobe of the day, what's he wearing today, or the flavor of the coffee out in the lobby. Or We're talking about changing our church's name. You know, some want to do that, some don't want to do that. We're going to probably, you know, some of us are going to say, we want red carpet in the new building. Some are going to say, we want blue carpet in the new building. Some will say green carpet in the new building. None of that stuff matters. What matters is when we come together, we're unstoppable because Jesus is with us and we can change this community and we can change lives and we can change the world. 
So brothers and sisters, what I'm asking you to do is to be a part of something bigger, to be a part of, of the ministry of Jesus Christ, to follow Jesus and to make disciples, and that we give our time and we give our talent and we give our treasure, we will change this world for the better. Be a part of something bigger. Be a part of something bigger. And in the process, minister to Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your love and care. We thank you, God, that you uh, gave everything for us when you came and gave up your life. So God, what a privilege it is that we get to be a part of something bigger than who we are when we give you our time, our talent, and our treasure, which really ultimately is yours. God, thank you for this church that makes such a difference. And thank you, God, that we can make that difference in your holy name to be a part of something bigger than ourselves.